So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where we help you grow your business by winning more bookings maximizing your profits and breaking through limiting beliefs if you'd like to get early access months in advance to future episodes of this podcast and to see my beautiful face <laughs> now to see any visual references uh, mentioned on air you can head over to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind benhartley.com forward slash mastermind you can join over eighteen thousand other photographers in the group you know i say the the comment about seeing my face because i remember being a kid and listening to radio shows that my parents would have on and then one day i saw the host's face and it just didn't compute my mind was blown i think it's a wild word that we live in when it's just audio today we have with us rick Liston. Rick Liston, he's an internationally award-winning wedding photographer based out in, I, I'm, I'm going to give it the American accent, Melbourne. Melbourne? Melbourne. Uh, he's been capturing moments for more than 13 years. He receives, this is this is wild, he receives over 400 leads annually, shoots over 100 weddings a year. Rick, what are you doing? <laughs> I can't wait to talk to this guy. And, and being such a prolific shooter, after being in this industry for so long and shooting that amount of weddings... Um, he started to really needing to leverage automation and outsourcing, and that's now become his mission to help photographers, particularly those of families, spend more time with their partners, with their children's, uh, concentrate their working hours in their zone of genius, which is most likely shooting. That's what we do, right? We photograph things and less time wasted on the back end. So we're talking post session workflow, outsourcing, automation, Rick. Welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. How are you? I am just here for that beautiful face. <laughs> uh, so much nut and disappointment. I don't know if you ever watched Wayne's World as a as a kid, but um, a, there was this moment when they get to meet meet uh, Sexy Phil, I think his name was, and uh, they've been listening to this radio show, and they finally get on, and, and it's yeah, this this small bald guy sweating and it was this huge disappointment. So. <laughs> Listen, I, everyone who's going to head over to the mastermind group is just get ready to be disappointed. <laughs> this is so good. Hey, I got the first question for you, Rick, you know, Mel, I'm so self-conscious about it. Melbourne. Am I saying it right? You give it to me. 
I'll put, I'll put it in your head, Melbourne. Melbourne. But um, yeah, no, like I said, mate, we, uh, we absolutely love the way, the cute way that Americans say it. So you go nuts. <laughs> Melbourne it up. Melbourne. <laughs> Listen, I am from the Midwest here. So every now and then I get, a, I just get a little country. Uh, Rick, so as I was introducing you over 13 years as a photographer, uh, photographing a hundred weddings a year, let's kind of go back 13 years ago. Um, have you always been this driven to the degree of, of quantity of work? I mean, were you doing more, the same, less in those early years? Mate, absolutely not. I was doing as little as it possibly took to survive. Mm -hmm. um, and it was uh, just one major turning point for me was when uh, my wife and I had our daughter, Bedra, and then suddenly... Um, I couldn't fail. I had to put everything I, uh, I could into it. And that's been the most yeah, powerful force I think, uh, in my life, um, was, uh, was that turning point. We, we, we were living in Shanghai. We just moved to Ibiza where my wife is from so that we could have our daughter more in, uh, in the tiniest apartment, mate. We had a bed, we had a little ensuite, half a kitchen. We had one chair that we could uh, rotate, um, sitting on. And, um, we just left, you know, our positions in Shanghai. So now we're three people, zero income. And I knew that, uh, all right, I'm going to have to get busy, start yeah. on this. And so that's where I set up my little laptop uh, in the kitchenette and, uh, and get started on, um, on weddings and, and actually just making myself, uh, kind of known to the wedding venues. Well, I knew I was going to be moving back to, uh, to Australia, to a wine region, um, so it made a lot of sense to me to go one step up in the food chain, try to hit up couples, um, before they're actually looking for a wedding photographer and that would be at, at venue. So I just did everything I could to, uh, try to make myself vital to those venues so that, um, when the time came, they would, uh, that would be just as vital to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful thing having, um, there's, it's a, man, it's a, it's a fine line to walk where you have this pressure behind you. Um, that this, like, uh, this force that you're like, it, it causes us to show up in a, in a more powerful way. Um, and for you, it was your daughter. Um, for me, it was just marriage in itself. <laughs> it's like, it didn't even take the kids. It was just like, oh my goodness. Uh, someone like I, I'm like, uh, we're in this together. Like I'm, I've got to carry my weight. And I remember that same feeling, man, setting up my laptop and being like, okay, Let's go. Let's, Let's get to work, man. Let's get to work. So, um, okay. So it sounds like you started getting inquiries early on, um, from going, like you said, one level up the food chain, building those relationships with vendors. Has that been the core source of lead generation for you uh, continuing or uh, do you have some other tricks up your sleeve? Uh, my hundred percent. That's been the core. So I, I'm a massive advocate of staying local. Um, many benefits, um, least of which that I can actually shoot many back to back because the venues are kind of 15 minutes from, uh, from home. I mean, shoot eight hours so I can wake up the next day, go shoot another wedding. Um, but with but like taking the time to, to kind of build your house on rocks, right? Like to build your business off the back of great relationships with venues has just meant a sustainable source of just hundreds of leads a year. And it's the simplest thing in the world because that's, that's where couples are going first. Um, and when I serve them, I'm getting more experience in showing up, shooting at those venues so that it's, it's really snowballing 
my presence there, my presence on their socials. So that's like, that's my socials is their socials. So they're finding me on their Instagram accounts and getting in touch uh, through that. And the more I shoot there, the better I become at shooting there. The more experienced mm-hmm. I am, the more I can offer couples to the point now where I've got great regional wedding guides, great guides on each venue. And then when a lead comes in, I know that when I respond, I've got so much value to offer them on their wedding day in this region mm-hmm. that it's a risk not going with me. Yeah. Oh, I love the way you put that. It's a risk not going with you. Rick, I, I need quotes. I need like a little sn- snippet of this. That's good stuff right there. All right. So, um, so with this, uh, at what point did you start to take on um, <laughs> more work than it, it like then it was beneficial to you, right? Like at what point did it, did you start to feel the hurt and need to come up with a solution? Yep. So I think at about 30 weddings a year, I was like feeling burnout. I was just, uh, you know, I remember actually my, uh, I was sitting there on my phone and, uh, at the couch at a time when I should have been present with my family and I looked up and both my wife and my daughter were looking at me and my daughter just said like, daddy, like, you know, can you pay me some attention? And my wife said, Rick, you've got a, you've got a problem. Um, and I, I was like, what is going on here? You know, only 30 weddings, uh, there's 365 days in a year. Um, and I am spending all my time on this. This is, I have a workflow problem. I got a, I got an issue here with all my backend. I freaking love shooting weddings, love showing up on the day. It's, I'm so blessed to be in a position where the person with next to no other skills other than loving to rock up and party, um, and take a few photos, um, can, can have a job like that. So I need to try to maximize my opportunity at those wedding days and really cut down on all that backend. Um, because yeah, when you, if, if, if I'm not able to do more than kind of 30 days where I'm physically showing up to work out of 365, then, uh, there's clearly a lot of room to improve there. So that's when, um, yeah, that's when I started, uh, outsourcing and automating. And it's one of those things where you, you never really realize the impact it's going to have until you start. And then it also makes you take your business more seriously. In fact, I didn't realize how not serious I was taking Mm. it until I started doing that. Um, and also just the, just the opportunity cost of not outsourcing and, and automating to the best of your ability was, was costing me, you know, kind of the, the six I've been like growing now for the last, last three years, it's kind of been six figure growth just from just off the back of that, just in terms of the amount of weddings I'm now able to shoot. Um, plus the less time I'm actually taking away from my family. It sounds crazy. sounds counterproductive, but that's the effect it's, uh, it's been happening and it just keeps snowballing in a great way because now the more time I'm able to spend shooting, that's actually generating more leads, putting myself out there a lot more, uh, more print sales, more marketing. Like it just, it keeps getting better and better. And so for the the small price of what I'm paying for, um, for a bit of help in my business, uh, it's just been an incredible return. There's so many directions we can go from here. 
And I want to kind of put a, uh, maybe a, like a flag up, uh, because we started off talking about your lead generation and how you're, um, how you're building these vendor relationships and the referrals. And now we're moving into this conversation around systems and automation and outsourcing. Um, and it feels like it's going to be more about getting things done. And, and while that's true, uh, we'll probably get to this towards the end of the episode, but part of your workflow and correct me if I'm wrong, but part of your workflow is actually, and the outsourcing is outsourcing your vendor relationship building. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. Like to an extent. I mean, how much, yeah. Well, how much time do, uh, do you spend? Um, okay. So you finish your wedding and you know, obviously all your vendors want to, uh, want to see those snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may not have time in the, in the morning to get around to it. So I don't know, maybe you wait a, a while and you got to collect all those email addresses, write them off, send them there, the gallery, you want to tag them in the photo. So you got to find those Instagram accounts and you got to, uh, type them all in. If you're making a, uh, an Instagram highlight story, you know, you want to tag them in each one of those pages. Like this is stuff that takes so much time. And so yeah. invariably two things happen. Either one, you don't do it or, or two, you do do it and your business suffers because you're spending time doing that. Like, so as long as there's something like that's all replicable stuff. And as long as there's things in your business that somebody else could be doing, the less than you're willing to work for, then you, you know, it just doesn't make any, any sense. So any time that you're doing something that you could be paying somebody, uh, say $7.50 an hour to do, but you're still doing it yourself, then you're just working for that wage. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I was just like, all right, I could be getting paid $500 an hour to shoot a wedding, or I could spend my time here working for $7.50 an hour. I'm going to focus on the $500 an hour thing that I can, uh, that I'm blessed to be able to, to do. That's my zone of genius. That's my superpower. And I'm going to leave these other tasks to someone who, in my case, Christine, she's my girl right now. She's uh, absolutely awesome. And she's just smashing out my socials, taking care of my vendors, getting all my content from a wedding back to them within, uh, within 24 hours in a way that they can easily share and, I'd send uh, send my work out to their network of people as well. Uh, and Christine is also scheduling you podcast episodes because this is, this is who reached out to me, who I was chatting with uh, in order to schedule our conversation today. This is just what I'm talking about, man. Like the, the things that you, you're costing yourself by not doing that. She literally set up a, um, a PR campaign for me, did a massive outreach. So um, yeah, I'm sitting here talking to Ben Hartley right now. Thanks to Christine. Thanks to my VA, which is you know, tell me you're not getting a return on investment here. What are you costing yourself by not doing that? Um, yeah, there's just so many, uh, so many amazing benefits that have, uh, that have come from my decision to, to start using her. That's awesome. Well, we're going to get into the specifics of what that looks like, what it entails, what it doesn't. I'm sure a lot of the listeners are like, well, what is she doing? What are you outsourcing? Who, who, uh, what kind of companies are you using? Or is it just a VA? So we're going to unpack that. I want to, um, maybe just address, what you believe is the main reason that most photographers, maybe the main couple reasons that most photographers struggle with outsourcing. And this is maybe just something that I've noticed as I coach photographers, that they really struggle with this like willingness to, to take a step and actually outsource. I'd say, yeah, there's a big barrier there to trust. And, you know, we've, we've, built and nurtured this, uh, this business all on our own. Um, so we've, we're so tied to it as well that it's really hard to then 
turn that over to anyone else, put that in anyone else's hands to trust them to, to do it. Cause we've got so much on the line um, that invariably we just, uh, we just don't. Um, but fortunately I think so many of our tasks can be broken down into what we still need to be personally involved in and what are easily replicable tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. There was a, just to tie a visual to this, I was just at a, I was just at a house party uh, last weekend actually. And it poured rain, Rick, it poured rain. Like it's never poured rain in Ohio before at this right over top of this house party. It's supposed to be this big outdoor, like summer bash. Right. And, um, we were in the basement and the, out, the red, um, like as the, how do I put this? The basement had an outside door that would go out to some stairs. All the rain started to pour down into this like section uh, and it started to rise above the glass door in the basement, right? Now, the owner of the house, he is the most jacked, ripped, amazing, athletic, like man of a man I've ever seen. <laughs> like it's like a whole category uh, of man on his own. Like I don't know how to describe it. Anyhow, and he's outside and he's got like a bucket and he's filling this damn thing up so it's so high and he's carrying it up the stairs. And I'm like, no one else could get as much water in that bucket and carry it up the stairs as this dude. And um, he's just, he's executing it so damn well. And this is like how many of us do our business. And then, um, but he wasn't able to keep up with the rainfall. Though like the water kept rising. And so then uh, I noticed there was about like a half dozen scrawny little folk, you know, about my size, who decided to run out there and start helping him. And, and they're sloshing water around and they can't carry nearly as much in their bucket. But almost instantly, like the water started to go down as like they were, they created like a system, you know, of like passing a bucket to the next person, the next person, the next person. And it was this relinquishing of, I mean, it's not like he was trying to control that situation, but in some ways that's what our business looks like. It looks like us being like, no, 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 I got this. And we're trying to like dig ourselves out, uh, being the, the hosses that we are when in all reality, we need like, we need all these other people that could step in and maybe not do it quite as well, but, but could, uh, actually move the needle and make a difference. I don't know if that visual connected. That's just what came to mind as I was hearing you say this. So it's trust. It's, it's trust. What about the financial component to it? Well, if I, if I said this to you, if, if all your virtual assistant did was pre-design an album for every single one of your couples, something that we wouldn't ordinarily do, right? It takes too much time. Uh, we'll wait until they, they pay for it or at least, you know, mentioned that they're, they're interested in, in doing one. So if all of, all they did was, uh, was that how many albums would you need to sell in order to, to pay for that VA one, two. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's financially like, yeah, it, you were getting so much more like, like it, it, it does take, obviously you need to at the start, take someone on without knowing for sure you're going to be getting that money back. Um, but you don't need to look too far into it to see, okay, if, if well, my handling my back end, all these tasks right now is preventing me from shooting more weddings. Um, then if I can get that handled, then I can shoot more weddings. Like how many more weddings do I need to shoot in order to, 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 to pay for that? How many can I shoot? Um, how many things have been stopping me from growing my business? How many, you know, notes do I have of, of ideas of stuff, you know, going through your course, for instance, uh, I don't know, making albums for, for venues to, to put in, making elopement packages. So you're getting more kind of midweek income, all this stuff that we know will improve our business, help us grow, help us scale, but we don't tend to get there. So 
once again, you just, you just, I feel you're, you're so costing yourself, um, by not doing it. Um, and it's fortunate thing is like, it's not even a big investment. You can try if it's literally not working for you. What have you, what have you risked? Um, you know, like I said, $7.50 an hour. Um, you're not, uh, you're not selling your house to, to try for something new here, but there's so much, so much to gain. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's kind of like what you mentioned earlier. You, you, you can't afford not to in some ways. You That's mentioned- it. And in, in your, your story there, sorry, I'll just, uh, I feel like Christine is my Adonis going up the stairs with the, with the water and I'm the, the guy flailing there, um, <laughs> focusing on the thing that I like doing, which is being at the house party. Yeah. Um, and she's doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. That's the thing that like, I, um, we think we're, we think we're the host. We think we've, we've, we're the best at doing this thing. And, and we don't realize that there are other people out there who could be doing our tasks, other tasks better than us. Um, you also, so you did mention that like, it's a trust thing. Um, I, I think for many people, they, uh, it's an identity thing. Like they've built their identity. I'm like, well, this is my business. I'm like, I'm the best at this. I can't trust somebody else. Um, I, I don't want to relinquish that control, you know, especially I see this with editing, um, because they feel like it's a part of their identity. It's a part of their label. Like this is, but I guess I, I want to, um, I want to, suggest that that is true if you are an employee like that is a true like label to carry if you want to be like no i'm i am i am the employee of this business i am the person you know making the sandwiches at subway i will die on the hill that's kind of what we sound like when we don't want to give up the trust we want to hold on to that label so tightly so we're not saying to hold on to that label uh, or but rather to exchange it for a different label of like CEO. Like what if, what if that was the label that you were like, this is what I'm really good at. And you created the systems and then just let people execute them. Um, yeah. So it's not to give up. It's not to relinquish. It's just to trade in your old badge for a new one. It's like, start treating yourself as that CEO. Have you ever read, um, E-Myth by Michael Gerber? hundred percent, man. Um, yeah. The, the power of creating, those systems and being able to step away. So the, one of the biggest, I think, valuable things I have right now is literally my SOPs, my, my standard operating procedures, which Christine has made for me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and once she's like breaks it down, I realize actually how, yeah, how many of my tasks kind of do come down to that. And I actually can step back. So if like you, if you're making that decision to cling to making your subway sandwich, um, rather than be that CEO, then, that's fine. If that's more important to you than the business succeeding or serving your family, being there more for them, creating more financial freedom, because that's what you're costing yourself. Yeah. So it's just a, yeah, I don't know, man, a mindset shift, I guess. Um, of yeah, becoming, uh, becoming that, that CEO of your business. Cause, cause for sure the CEO is not, uh, not out there tagging in, you know, wedding vendors stuff that, you know, obviously someone they could employ, to do, to do better. Mm-hmm. You mentioned SOPs, standard operating procedures. Do you mind explaining a little bit more about that? As I mentioned, uh, the E-Myth. So anything, uh, that you're doing consistently. So let's say after, uh, your wedding, you go home, you upload, you back up your, your files, you create a slideshow, you, uh, make a blog from that slideshow, you gather the links of the, the vendors and put them into that blog. Um, so all of that can be put into a 
document basically like this is the step-by-step process you can accompany it with uh loom videos you know exactly what i'm doing this is now something that's replicable something that now anyone else can come in and replicate because there's just fantastic written instructions there um and yeah really actually there's so much of our business that this is why i'm super fortunate there's so much of my business that can be put into sops and and can be done um can be taught that actually i can actually step away and just focus on the little bits that I need to in the personalized visit video messages, um, you know, the phone calls when it's needed showing up on the wedding day, the zoom chats. Um, and now sitting here at 5am talking with you. Um, this is what it's allowed me to now do and focus on, which is growing my business at a lot, a much greater rate than if I ever wasn't doing it. Yeah. Yeah. The best way I could describe it is I used to work at Panera Bread. It's it's where I met my, my wife. Uh, I was scrubbing dishes back then. But I remember, I remember my first few days at Panera Bread, I like walk in and they handed me like this manual and then I had to go back and sit in the office that was just like a little too greasy and watch on a four by three ratio TV screen, like a, a training video of like, all right, this is how you, <laughs> this is how you make the dough. And, this is how you, and these are just standard operating procedures. It's what happens when you work at any like um, certainly a, uh, um, franchise business, a scaled business is you just get the playbook handed to you and then you go and you execute. And I think one of the reasons we don't think about this and I'll just be candid, this isn't, maybe this is a jab a little bit, hopefully a healthy one, but I just think so many of us, we don't actually think about what we do as a business. We're just kind of kids taking pictures and some people pay us and, and, and maybe that's okay for you. You know what I mean? Like no bad on that. It doesn't have to be bad. That could be exactly how you want it to be designed. But if you're wanting to scale, if you're wanting to grow, then you got to think, man, what other businesses do? They actually create like a manual. They create a catalog of videos for like how to reproduce these things. And then the beautiful thing about this, Rick, is this is actually how you create and build value into your business so you could exit. Like, um, I don't know if you've ever thought about the exit route, but there's a whole other podcast episode, but you can't Constantly, exit your always business. On my mind. <laughs> You're like, I want out. You can't exit your business without standard operating procedures implemented because no one's going to buy it if there's no manual. No one's going to buy it if there isn't a, rep- uh, a reproducible, consistent plan uh, able to happen. Ooh, we should do an episode on that. <laughs> That'd be good, man. Well, the exit strategy? Yeah, the exit strategy. Well, yeah, like I'm sure it's on everyone. Certainly everyone in probably our, uh, our age brackets mind. I mean, I think there's a finite amount of time that we can be showing up and, uh, and growing down with, uh, with bridal parties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I noticed when I start, you know, dropping Simpsons jokes and people are like, dude, what's that? You know, oh, oh yeah. on, what? You <laughs> it's so real. It's so real. Okay. So I want to get into some of the practicality here behind what your VA is doing. And, 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 um, and maybe actually before we even do that, you, you mentioned the VA route. Um, I didn't hear you mention things like, um, working with like a third party editing company. Like is Christine also your private editor as well? Uh, no. So Christine is incredibly good at a lot of things, but um, editing is something that I wanted to leave to editing professionals. Yeah. Um, so ones that are, yeah, obviously a lot, uh, a lot better than me. I did not get into photography because I loved, I loved editing. If I was an editor, then yeah, that's the thing that I would spend my time doing. And that was, that's my art, um, for sure. But like I said, showing up and partying with people on the best day of their lives, taking photos, that's what I'm, uh, that's my jam. 
Um, so editing was probably like the biggest chunk of, of my time that was, uh, that was just taking up so much that it was just uh, the easiest thing in the world to then go, all right, let's, I can, you mean I can have someone do a better job than me um, and give me that time to now start shooting more weddings and then earning more money and doing something I love more. Um, so it was, yeah, the, the outsourcing of it editing was, uh, was certainly a no brainer. And I just love now, um, at the point where I can arrive home from a wedding, leave photos, uploading to Lightroom, backing up, building the smart previews with my catalog in a Dropbox folder so that it's actually ready for an editor. Um, when I wake up in the morning, I can flick through, have a look at, uh, you know, pick out a couple of my, my sneak peeks, my favorites, and then that's it for me. Yeah. I know that they're going to go through, edit those sneak peeks, send them to Christine, who's going to start going through my post-wedding process knowing what to do, building that slideshow, building the gallery. Like I said before, the blog, the Instagram highlight stories, the carousel on Insta, sending it out to all the vendors, uh, sending it to the couple, um, making sure that anyone who was at that wedding is, is seeing this amazing gallery that's come, you know, within 24 hours of the, of the day. Um, it blows them away. And so, yeah, I've, it's this incredible process that has just consistently kind of, made me stay in the forefront of not just everyone, all the guests, but also the, the vendors minds in terms of how much I deliver that day after making sure that I am going through the, those steps of looking after them as well with all the links and shout outs that, yeah, I think we just otherwise wouldn't have the time to do. Did I just hear you say that correctly, that you deliver the wedding in 24 hours? Not the wedding. No, the, um, I'll do hundred, 150, uh, preview photos. So certainly enough to have the story of the, the story of the wedding. Got it. So after the wedding, after you get everything backed up, you are just, you're selecting the top hundred or so images, uh, that are going to go out. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. That makes it a little, I was like, my mind at first was like, wait, what is, <laughs> what is happening? They, yeah. No, there would be, I think a big cliff drop off of value there where I suspect, uh, couples would not be appreciative of a whole wedding getting back to them within 24 hours. Absolutely. Yeah. It starts to become like, did you even do anything? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So, so you're doing like a, a sneak peek. Uh, and so, um, I want you to t- tell me a little bit more about what Christine is doing in terms of your business. Um, what are some of the things that you are having her outsource? Um, and again, feel free. I know you've mentioned it, but we've gone quickly. Um, yeah. Wh- what all is she kind of uh, handling just to give maybe a brainstorm of ideas for the listeners to consider? Yep. So, um, and I'll take it through, take you through it slowly. So once she gets those, um, 100, 150 previews back from the editor, she will, uh, design a slideshow beat match to music. She will create a blog on my website. So she'll go in there, she'll put in the slideshow, she'll make a gallery using narrative publish. Um, so that it looks absolutely mint, put that there. She will extract um, information from a questionnaire templates where I've been asking for basically like blog building information mm-hmm. in, uh, in my workflow, um, paste that onto the, the blogs as well. She'll get the, the links from the vendors that have also been uh, provided in the questionnaires, paste that as well. So that, that blog's ready to go. Then she'll create an Instagram highlight story using unfold. I'm sure you're familiar with it, but yeah, just a great, beautiful, um, way to showcase the, the wedding on each one of those pages, she'll tag in all of the vendors so that they're in a position that they can easily get that notification just to say tap and share. So you got 
all the bridal boutiques, the vendors, um, the venue themselves sharing these, uh, these stories the, the day after, which really helps spread your work like wildfire when you can make it as easy as possible for, for them to, to share your work. Um, then Pinterest. Okay. So always building my little, my cakes, arbors, uh, flowers, bouquets, like just the little groups of, of images or galleries that is always going to make it easier for someone who's coming to look, uh, look at my work and they're looking at a wedding venue, for instance, and I know I can show them a gallery now that's filled with all the different ways people have had the reception styled, the ceremony styled. All that stuff takes time. Christine, she's amazing at it. So she'll always keep building those little galleries Then she'll work on an album design for the couple send that to them. Um, this obviously another thing that takes time, but I've just noticed, right. Album sales now skyrocketing, um, in combination with a, a few tweaks that I made to my workflow so that I'm just kind of planting the seed along the way, mm-hmm. making sure they're visualizing an album afterwards. Cause this, I feel like I'm probably at my ceiling of the number of weddings that I'm happy shooting. And I feel like I'm probably at my ceiling of pricing as well. I'm very comfortable with those two elements. So mm-hmm. now, to grow more, it's uh, it's album and print sales. So, um, designing mock-ups. Okay, so here's a here's a picture, you know, your favorite image from the day. Putting it into um, a frame on a you know a mock-up on a on a living room that looks amazing. So they can really visualize just how that print is going to look on a on a wall. Like things that you know they only take a small bit of time, but uh, <laughs> can actually generate hundreds of dollars each. Like you know, just that one thing alone um, can really go, uh, can really go a long way. And then doing some outreach for you, man, she does a, a whole lot of, um, any, any basically idea I have of something that I want to do. So right now she's, I have a, a wedding guide that I've made in magazine form for anyone that inquires. It's pretty comprehensive kind of getting married in the region that, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm living in with ven- venues and everything. But right now she's making just a, a web version of it as well. So she can, cause once I've shown her how to, kind of handle design on my website. I've got those shops. She can just go in and she can make these new, new pages. You can take content from that magazine, build out an amazing online. So the whole guide is kind of there on my, on my site. Um, she, when leads arrive in my inbox, um, she can see immediately, all right, is that a date that I'm available for? Um, if not, I'm going to find photographers that, uh, are available for it. So she'll do that outreach and then send the, the jobs to them. Um, even when people follow me on Instagram, usually they're coming to say they've seen me on one of the, the venues accounts. Um, not because I'm making reels. It's not something I, I, <laughs> I do. Um, but when you're getting those and like, you know, you've done a great, a great series on, on kind of outreach to engage couples and how to, how to follow through. So for me, I find if they've, if they've followed me, um, like they're already a warm lead, they're already interested. They've come to check out my work. So I'm immediately then Christine is hitting them up, um, with, with a great little templated, uh, message and I'll go through as well. And if it's something that I'm like, yeah, man, these guys look like legends and I'll make a little personalized video, but I just know that she's got that, you know, it's just another great avenue of, uh, of leads that she's, she's taking care of that I don't need to. Um, so yeah, she's just doing, doing an absolute ton. So now the question that everyone is thinking, where can I find a Christine? My pajama pants, right? (laughs) (laughs) Pajama pants. Where are those darn things? Where can we find a Christine, man? 
Um, so you can, uh, that's actually a service that I now offer because I just know how valuable she's been and they have the value in my SOPs. So if you head to weddingworkflows.com, um, we've got virtual assistants that are trained in my SOPs. So that, cause like one of the biggest barriers obviously to, uh, finding a, uh, a Christine is the, the period of time it's going to take you to train them, um, to, to get them up to, to speed. Uh, let me tell you like the SOPs, they, they take a while to, as you say, like to, to do yourself. Cause we just have never done them before. We were never even trained ourselves in, in how to do them or where to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just trying to, uh, do, what I wish I had when I first, uh, first started, um, make that process as easy as possible. So weddingworkflows.com, you can, uh, you can go there and you can get, uh, get your own Christine. Wow. That's ready to go. <laughs> that's actually not the answer I was expecting. <laughs> and I love it. You know, like, it's just like, it is, is what it is. It's just like, Hey, I have a service, go do it here. Um, man, Rick, that's incredible. Dude. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me today. Uh, I think that's such a great place to, I mean, it, this is, uh, I'll be honest. I'm about, <laughs> I'm going to go there right now. <laughs> I'm going to go check it out. Man, man, I think that'd be about time. I, I get a little bit more off my plate is all this other stuff I'm doing. Man, your plate must be massive. Yeah. So I don't know how you're doing it, showing up as often as you are without, uh, I mean, I, do you have a Christine? I do. Oh, so I do. I just need like, I need about three more Christines is actually yeah. what it is. Right. So, um, yeah, I have a couple already, but I think I need a few more. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need a few more. Um, Hey Rick, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. I really appreciate your time apart from going, and maybe this is just like the best place, but apart from going to uh, weddingworkflows.com, where can people find you online? And hit me up on the gram if you want to look at, uh, at photos of my little wedding region. Um, Rick underscore Liskin. Oh, oh my God. I might, I might go with how you pronounced it, which was the <laughs> correct way since I can't even do it myself. Rick underscore Liston. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, also on Instagram, Wedding Workflows. Awesome. I love it. Rick, thank you so much for being here again today. And podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in. Mastermind Group, as you're watching live right now, thank you for being here live, supporting Rick, uh, hearing us out. Man, this has been an incredible episode. Uh, So thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Until then, keep showing up. Bye, everybody.